3: Wake of Corrosion Season 2 Episode 8 Convergence
0: This is Professor Ryan of Bunker A12 This is a public broadcast to any survivors out there Before I begin, please be aware that I advise listener discretion going forward, as some of the content of this broadcast can be unsettling or disturbing. Welcome back, listeners. I'm going to begin this broadcast quite promptly, as Claire is live with us via a radio. Are you still there, Claire?
1: Ready and waiting, Ryan. You broadcasting this?
0: I uh, just to clarify here for our listeners, you're currently outside the main building to Ralford's control room beneath the Campion Radio Telescope. Is that correct?
1: Well, unless this sign has been placed here as a cruel joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I. it's just that I've been waiting an awful long time for this moment, Claire. Have you tried the door yet? Is it locked? It's open. I'm going to go inside. All right, there should be some pretty clear signage leading you to the main control room. Uh, This'll be where they'll keep the data that we're interested in. Now, the doors to that section may be locked, but if they're still the same as the last time, they shouldn't be hard to get through, if you know what I mean.
1: You want me to vandalize somewhere so sacred to you, Ryan? I'm shocked.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't suggest it if it wasn't such a dire situation, Claire, you know that.
1: Oh, I know, I know. I'll see what I can do. Okay, so it seems like there's something still open around here. A door or a window, maybe? The wind's rushing through pretty harshly, so... Main room, main room... Ah, there we go. This place looks like it was built in the 80s. I don't have—I don't think I've ever seen so much decorative wood. It's all in pretty good condition, though, Ryan. Other than being completely abandoned, it... Almost feels normal here.
0: No signs of any deterioration? Well, that's good. I have to say I was quite concerned.
1: Although it's definitely giving me the chills. It's almost too quiet here.
0: Don't worry, you've done the hard part, Claire. Now the reward.
1: For you, maybe. Sorry. I guess whatever I find here could really change things. I'll keep looking. Ah, control room entrance. Alright, looks good. And... Yep, locked. Like you said.
0: And the doors. still the old side locks?
1: Uh, I assume so. Just give me a second. There we go. Open. Staircase leading up, yeah? That the right room?
0: Did. did you just. ah, oh, never mind. Yes, that's the one. Uh, There should be a series of computers at the top with a row of screens in a U-shape around the centre. Large glass windows overlooking the pavilion in the front of the Campion Telescope that rests above the control room.
1: Oh, God. Ryan, do you hear that?
0: Jesus Christ, I do, Claire. Can you see anything?
1: I'm not at the top yet. Just give me a moment.
0: Be careful, please. Be careful.
1: Sounds different than what we heard before, more, I don't know, oh, oh, oh god, I'm, I'm just gonna stop here and tell you what I can see, just in case anything happens, alright? Against the back wall, around what appear to be a selection of electrical components, and maybe servers, I'm not sure, there's this mass of grey, it looks kinda like, well, well, what I imagine Romans saw at our house, but it's so much larger. It's nearly the entire wall. I'm going a little closer.
0: Claire, Claire, please tell me you're doing this of your own accord. Remember what happened to your husband.
1: I'm still me. don't worry. This thing is enormous. The late evening light that's pouring in through the tall windows on the opposite wall is doing nothing to illuminate this vast mass. The sound has stopped now, but it's... It's moving. It's like the thing is breathing.
0: We should really get that data while we can, Claire. I'd hate for anything to happen when we're so close.
1: You're right, okay. Which computer do I need to access?
0: If they're still the same, you'll need to access the one in the center. At the bottom of the U-shape. Do you see it?
1: (gasps) Yeah, I got it. All right. You said this place used solar power specifically, right? So... There we go! Okay. Let's hope your old login still works, Ryan.
0: Right. It's been about a year. We can only hope at this point.
1: (laughs) Well, we're in luck. All right, what am I looking for here?
0: There should be a program called Starlogger. It's a bit cheesy, I know, but it's a generic note-taking system for astronomers. Anything that happened before all of this should be on the Master System.
1: Wow, I've got no idea what any of this means. Okay, so we've got some constellation names here. I recognize some of them, but not all. No idea what the listed magnitude means. Hold up.
0: It'd take me a good deal of time to explain what all of that means over the radio. There should be some notes written in plain English to go with each section. Look for the subheading, General Observations.
1: Yep, that's where I was heading. Alright, got it. Ryan, some of this has been redacted.
0: What? That can't be right. All of this data is shared across the system. There's nothing the Campion Telescope observes that would need to be redacted.
1: It's about the Andromeda constellation... It lists all of these star names and.
0: Yes, there should be nine named ones.
1: Does the orb. Is that. Is that short for orbit? Does that stay the same?
0: The degree, yes. Why do you ask?
1: This suggests that they changed. Were changing. There's so much missing, but one word keeps cropping up. Confluence. Holy shit.
0: Claire, are you alright? Confluence.
2: It's happening to the It's impossible. <laughs> Imminently, on a
3: set path. Uh, hello? Hello? I can hear you.
1: Claire, I don't know if you can hear me anymore, but please don't. Don't go for me. Sarah? Sarah, where are you? Confluence.
0: It's happening happening quicker than. It's It's
3: impossible. impossible. Uh, 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 uh,
1: Imminently, on a set path. Hello? 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 I can can hear. hear. I can Can hear you. you. Can. Uh, uh, Claire, I don't know if you can hear me anymore, but please don't. Come Come for me. Sarah, I'm right here. Tell me where you are.
3: Confluence.
1: It's happening quicker than. Stop! Matt
3: Convergence Convergence
1: Convergence Ryan can you hear her am I finally losing it Uh,
0: I can Claire I can It sounds like she thinks she's talking to you But doesn't sound like She knows you're there
1: The phone call When Roman saw the video of me at home I said Sarah called me and mentioned that word Confluence (laughs) Confluence God damn Sarah Sarah, where are you? Clara, I'm here. In the wall. What happened to you? I I can't see you. How are you in there? I don't know. I can't see, but I feel my body pressed
3: against the wall. It feels so
1: Ah. fast. Shit, was that me? I'm sorry if it was. You must be close by. It's somewhere inside all of this mess on the wall.
3: I, 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 I think I'm in that mess.
1: It's me, Claire, myself and this mess. We've converged, a confluence.
3: A confluence of stars and light that sifts through all that you see and consumes everything in its path without knowing or feeling, without seeing or blinking, or making time for anything other than itself.
1: And the confluence of stars and light that Sarah, stop! I'm in a mess. What was that?
3: I don't, well, I
2: know. don't know. It's just in my mind. It. This repeating thought, the repeating signals. Sometimes I can only think it. Sometimes I can only speak it. Occasionally I'm granted my own words.
1: What do you mean, granted? It's here, with me. A confluence of stars and light, but it's so dark. So incredibly dark. Listen, I don't know what the hell has happened to you or what this confluence is, but I need to know what's happened out here so I can stop it and save you. I think somewhere deep down, you know. A mass of stars and space and dust spirals like great arms curling. Ever-outward fading, never-ending, always re emerging. A trillion stars like dust in the sky stirred up
3: like a great convergence. They came together and nothing touched the stars and planets. But something touched us and it won't let
1: go. Sarah, you're seriously freaking me out here. Sarah, hello. Let go. go. Shit.
0: Uh, Claire, are you? God damn Dallas? We're so damn close as well. Why must everything be so arduous? I apologise, survivors, but I feel as though this uphill struggle is never ending. No matter how much I hypothesise, plan and listen to, I feel so so trapped in this bunker, so hopeless against this this thing, this this nightmare. I need a moment. I need a moment. I need to think about what Sarah said, or at least try to. I'll play for you the next entry in Roman and Elliot's journey while I give this some thought.
2: So, we can't find Jim. Like, we can't find him anywhere. We tried all the rooms, even the one with that weird shrine in it. Oh, come on. Be a bit more sensitive. It's where people went to think about the ones they'd lost. Sensitive? You are the one who took whatever it was in that box from there. People have to know what their friends wanted to tell them. Everyone here has gone, Roman. It's the least I can do. Still, sounds a bit invasive if you ask me. Anyway... I don't care about that. I care about the fact that something could have happened to Jim. You know he could have left. It might explain why we can't find any of his things. Well, he bloody packed that quickly then, didn't he? And all without saying goodbye. Didn't have him down as the abandoning type. Well, why don't we head down that way, toward the door? We've got all our stuff together, so who knows, we might find him, or just something that tells us that he actually left. Fine. And we'll keep this thing off for a bit longer. No need for it to be on for everything. Before we made way to leave A7, we had one last look around and happened to catch another one of those broadcasts from that Professor Ryan guy. He didn't stay on for long, but he did say that there were other survivors there with him in Bunker A12. After hearing that, well, it didn't take much to convince Roman that that would be the next best stop. After all, it is the closest to Bunker A7, Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? Trust them to mess up the order of the names. So, we resolved to leave for good. Head out of the auxiliary section of the bunker and perhaps find Jim along the way. We made it to the blast door that leads to the main bunker before things started to get weird. Well, okay, more than weird, actually. It began with the door itself. It was... it was as though it hadn't moved for years... The amount of pulling force it took from both of us to get that thing to move was... it was immense. My hand is still sore. I think I've torn off the healing skin. I... I don't really want to think about it. I haven't looked. I, um... Yeah, I I don't want to. As the door creaked open, on its corroding hinges, we were greeted by a musty waft of air and a tunnel of darkness. Gearing up with our head torches, we soon realised how the air was contaminated with these drifting spores, much like the ones we'd seen in the tunnel a few days ago. Once again, I found myself utterly defeated. By the time we'd noticed they'd already been floating around us for too long and the damage clearly had already been done, we weren't exactly sure what the damage was, but, well, it has got to be something, right? I mean, we weren't exactly going to close the door and lock ourselves up in here for the foreseeable future, were we? So, what else was there to do? Although, to be fair, it seemed like Roman planned on doing just that. He swore angrily and immediately began shouldering the heavy blast door closed again. I tried to speak to him, to stop him, but he couldn't hear me over the almighty creaking sound that reverberated around the metal frame and the empty corridors. Even when it stopped, he simply exclaimed, Be right back, wait here and ran off before I could get a word in. After waiting for a good five or ten minutes, twiddling my thumbs, hoping that... well, hoping that something awful hadn't happened to him in the short time he'd been gone, I finally heard his footsteps racing down the metal staircase toward me. In the yellowy light of the auxiliary bunker, I couldn't quite make out what was in his hand. At first, it looked like two deflated flyaway footballs. I almost laughed, especially when he threw one to me. They were gas masks. He seemed so proud of himself and immediately began adjusting the straps to fit. Get it on, he said. I'm not breathing in that stuff any more than I have to. Said he found them on the first night when he'd had way too much to drink. Only remembered because they scared him half to death, thinking they were faces all lined up. Of course. Of course the bunker has gas masks, obviously. I'm not going to hide the fact that I was a little bit miffed that I wasn't the one that remembered that. Luckily, Roman didn't pull me up on it, so... Before long, we were pacing through the main bunker corridor. And of course, we found ourselves lost. Lost in a maze of warped tunnels. In many places, some far worse than others, that wasp-nest-like growth that we saw in the tunnel had started to set in. Had it followed us from there? Did we bring it here? I, I still don't know. But whatever had happened, this had grown at an alarming rate. I started to wonder whether it had even grown, or instead if these were all the outer shells of some other worldly creature that had settled in like a like a hibernating animal. It felt like nothing we passed through the day before was the same. I know it was only the husk making it feel this way, but there were times there were times I truly believed the tunnel had been rearranged around us. All the while we explored and argued about the way out. We were haunted by echoing cries that I can't begin to describe. Their presence like that of a mocking spirit watching us squirm. Hard to tell if it was some sort of ventilation being on an automatic schedule. The sound walked by the tunnels and our masks. Hard to tell if it were the cries of Jim or some other unfortunate soul far away and trapped by whatever has been stalking us for the past half an hour. I would have dismissed it as my imagination had Roman not seen it too. The corner of your eyes are the most dangerous corners of all, I've found. They make things up. Create phantoms out of inanimate objects. Do you ever get that feeling? When you're walking down the stairs and you feel so strongly as though something is stood at the top watching you. S- sorry. I'm getting distracted. Um, gas masks. Y- yeah, they're not helpful when seeing things out the corner of your eyes. And with the added pressure of the mask itself, paired with the limited visibility, they make everything more claustrophobic, more sinister. Every time I go to look behind me, there's a millisecond or so leeway as I have to overextend past the blind spot of the mask to see what I would normally be able to see. Every time, there's just an outline. Every time, it's nothing more than a shadow. But in reality... In reality, it must be so much more. The silhouette of that thing is enormous, wall to wall, enormous. Every glance I took, it was impossible to tell where the entity stopped and the all-consuming dark of the tunnels began. It makes me uncomfortable to think how something so hulking could move so silently, so swiftly. It follows us, like a cat, like an apex predator. Any time we stop and look, it's gone but only just. Anytime we move and progress, it silently stalks us, always on the edge of sight. The power of its gaze so strongly fixated on us, it's palpable, boring, into the back of my head. I can almost imagine it, just eyes and shadow. I'm terrified that if I... if I turn around, the creature will be upon me, its shadowy form, millimetres from my own. At one point Roman got so maddened by the creature stalking us he started shouting insults at the thing, as though to anger it, to goad it. I knew his attempts would do nothing, but they sickened me nonetheless. The thought of shouting insults in in English, in, in any language, to an unknown entity that's stalking us through narrow tunnels. A creature which clearly hunts with such a level of intelligence and planning. It was akin to screaming in the face of a tiger hoping to scare the beast. I fear it did nothing but convince the thing more that it should devour us, or worse. I'm not sure how long we spent trying to find our way through the tunnels of this bunker before finding ourselves here. I'm starting to wonder whether we're being tricked or misled somehow. I couldn't see how we could be completely lost for so long. Despite the singing husks on the wall, despite the dark, we should have found the exit by now. What we found instead, though, was here the generator room. My head was pounding at this point, and my eyes ached. The tight and uncomfortable fit of the gas mask was beginning to wear on me. Combined with the poor lighting, it was a nauseating experience. That's without the constant fear added in the background. Finding the gen room was like a moment of salvation, a moment of relief. We decided that heading inside was probably a bad idea. There's only one way in and one way out of there, and if that thing wanted us trapped, well, it's an awful place to be. What we did know, however, was that if we could get to the generator and get it working again, then lighting up this place may give us a better chance of getting out of here, and perhaps even stop that thing from stalking us. After a little deliberation... Roman headed in to see what he could do, whilst I kept watch at the door. There was no way I was letting that thing think I had my guard down. The next few seconds passed slowly, as I felt my pulse through my tightening throat, and I nearly cried out in shock when I heard Roman kiss loudly from inside the room, breaking the silence. The generator was dead. Broken. Although, at least it wasn't rusted. It made a change. Then, as Roman finished his string of curses, a familiar and welcoming voice cried out, distressed. It was Jim. My head snapped to look in the direction of him shouting, the light from my head torch following my gaze. There was nothing then. But for a brief moment, a flash of darkness within the light of my torch, a figure, a silhouette, a shadow. Jim? Before I could call out to him, an almighty force struck my left side and sent my body flying through the air like a swatted fly through a doorway until I came crashing onto the painfully solid floor of the generator room. The next few seconds were a blur as I heard the door slam and several loud bangs followed by an eerie, eerie silence. This is where we find ourselves now. Powerless in a room meant for power. How ironic. I still don't know whether it was Jim or not. I haven't heard his voice since. I don't even know if that thing is still outside the door or just looking for another way in. Part of me refuses to believe that the creature wasn't able to open the door itself. Roman simply slammed it shut and wedged a cabinet between the handle and the floor. I'm already covered in bruises down both sides from the force of which the thing hit me. There's no way it couldn't force its way through if it wanted to. But that just makes me more afraid. Why hasn't it? Is it toying with us? Are we a game to this thing? I, I don't want to be the prey in something's game. I don't want to be prey. I don't want to be. Oh. There, the same again. Jim. Jim, the fuck are you doing? That thing could still be out there, you idiot. It's not like it doesn't know we're in here, though, does it? It's just being
1: cautious.
3: Look, I'm sorry. It's just me.
2: We're here. Can can you see a creature out there? You can't pull... Oh, oh. Look
0: at that. I my damn eyes.
2: I Why does he sound so weird? Maybe it's the corridor. Maybe it's something else out there. Who knows? I don't like it. Yeah, me either, but what else have we got to go on? We can't stay in here forever, can we? Yeah, obviously. Is it safe to come out? Jim? Fuck. Roman, the vent. There's something at the vent. Oh, Jesus. Grab your stuff. What is that? Does it freaking matter? Grab your stuff.
0: I need more time. I need more time. I just need more. Survivors, please, help me through this. Our collective knowledge is incredibly vital. Whatever Claire is experiencing at Ralford whatever the brothers went through, it's all linked. It's all one event, I'm certain we're so close. I'm leaving it here for now. Keep yourselves and those around you safe and warm, and I implore you, don't wonder in the dark. Survivors, just one last message from me. If you'd like to support us here at Bunker A12 to help us keep sharing the stories of our shattered world with you, then please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wake of corrosion. There are plenty of extra insights available there, as well as Letters to Shadows a monthly series of additional stories from other survivors like yourselves any contributions will be hugely beneficial to help keep us from wandering in the dark
2: Before the credits I'd like to give a shout out to our very generous Patreon subscribers at the A12 Resident tier and above Indykay Laurel Nath Paul Trace, AJ Pumpkin, Austin Danger, and Twiglets. Thank you all very much.
3: Thank you for listening. For news and updates, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wake of Corrosion. Wake of Corrosion was written, directed, and produced by Sean Pellington, with voice acting from Kieran Walsh as Professor Ryan, Lee Pellington as Roman, Sean Pellington as Elliot, Carol Pellington as Sarah, Brianne Leeson as Claire, Harlan Guthrie as Jim. Title and credits read by Adele Cliff. Our introduction theme, Shadowlands 5, Antechamber, and outro theme, Phantasm, were created by Kevin McLeod, sourced from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. Both pieces have been reduced from their originals with fade-out, added voiceover, and radio static effects. Morse code SFX courtesy of Stephen C. Phillips of MorseCode.world. All other sound effects are self-recorded from Soundsnap.com or Zapsplat.com. For our full list of credits, please visit the website in our show notes. Thank you again for listening.
1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ